this week on The Startup Life. <laughs> With hiring somebody, you, know, you hire slow mm. and fire fast. Okay. So okay. you take your time getting the right person, and if it's not the right fit, then you get them out of the door. All right, Startup Nation, so let's take flight with Dr. Isaac Rodriguez, co-founder and CEO of Sweet Bio Inc. The Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Scholars, are you ready to join the 25 Plus Club? Parents, how does thousands in college savings sound? Brand new in our school, the Owl Academy, we have released How to Hack the ACT. Students will cover managing test anxiety, math, science reasoning, and why eating a good breakfast is so important. For more information, go to this episode's show notes for the link. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We're here with my man, Isaac Rodriguez of Sweet Bio. What's going on, man? How's it going, Dominic? Thanks for having me. Oh, can't complain, man. You ready to take flight with us, pour uh, some knowledge into us? Let's start the weekend off right. All right, (laughs) let's do it. Let's do it. So what's the story, man, behind Sweet Bio? Yeah, Sweet Bio is a biotech company, a startup uh, from Memphis here. I'm not originally from here, but I wasn't an entrepreneur. I guess, in the beginning. So I never saw myself in a startup. So the story of Sweet Bio really started with my education, PhD in biomedical engineering. Mm -hmm. So I focused a lot in tissue engineering, regenerating new skin and bone. I was just fascinated about that field because my mom had a total hip replacement. So that's where I really started to like understand what does it mean to make something that's implanted into the body and can help somebody heal again. Gotcha. So that was, that's what fueled my passion into the field. And then my PhD advisor left from Virginia, where I was in school, mm-hmm. and moved to Memphis and said, Isaac, do you want a job in Memphis? Come on out. And gotcha. my first question was like, where is Memphis? <laughs> fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. Fair fair enough. enough. <laughs> I was like, I moved in Tennessee. And I lived right. in Virginia. I got Tennessee touches Virginia. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I got that geography right. But I didn't know like Memphis was like Arkansas, Mississippi, that right. far away. Um, but I just took a leap of faith. He was selling me on the city, just saying there's so many great things going on there. You have universities big companies, Mm -hmm. startups, and you can really do whatever you want. So come with me and let's do it. So I just took a leap of faith, packed up my car, Mm -hmm. um, or my apartment, threw it all in my car, and just drove across into Tennessee for the first time, moving over here, like not knowing a single soul, not having a place to live, and just staying with my my professor for a a few days. So it started off as like a story of getting a job at the University of Memphis Mm -hmm. and working in the strictly academic field. I was a postdoctoral fellow, so I was doing research, setting up a lab, training graduate students, undergraduate students, and developing products, writing publications, going to technical conferences, that kind of thing. But then a day came where we had a really good product because an oral surgeon came to our lab and said, hey guys, like you guys are really good at what you do in developing products. I don't like the ones that I'm using. Can you help me develop a better one? Sure. So that's when we took that challenge on and we developed a better one and we combined some of my research with honey and wound care Okay. because it's been extensively proven in wound healing. Um, but not in dentistry. You know, people think like you're putting sugar and honey in your teeth. That's not a good thing. (laughs) Honey's always been used outside of the body, but we're putting it in the body. These Mm -hmm. are two like seemingly disconnected things. Why is this going to work? Right. Um, So we were just doing the research and proving that it did work. And it came to a point where my professor said, what do you think about starting a company? This is something that can go pretty far. Oh, I wow. Think. Okay. So it was him that planted that initial like entrepreneur seed. And I have an entrepreneur background with my family, not so much me, but like right. my family. My grandmother is an entrepreneur, started a grocery store in like New York and then okay. moved back to Puerto Rico. And now she owns the largest bridal store sure. in, in Puerto Rico and has been and built it up that way. And has been mm-hmm. doing that for 25, 30 years. Oh, wow. 
So it's that initial seed that was just like, hmm, I can do more than just my day-to-day academic job. Mm-hmm. So then me being a science person, I'm not the best person to start a company. <laughs> so then I called the only person I really knew that was really good at what she did, and that was my sister, Kayla. Gotcha. And I was okay. like, hey, I have this product. What do you think of it? Can you vet the technology and everything? And that's the initial step, I think, of starting a company is just like vet it through people and that have either the expertise in business. She knew nothing about the science side, but she said, you know, can you protect it? Is it internationally acceptable? Right. Is it only dental? Can you use it somewhere else? I wanted to make sure, like, how big can we grow this company? Mm-hmm. And she believed in it so much that she became a co-founder. Her boyfriend, fiance, now husband, right. <laughs> is, uh, is a co-founder as well. And then we have another team member. So it's just really excited that you can gain traction with people that, you know, you trust. Right. And then we incorporated the company in March of 2015. Okay. So we, or we've been a company for two years, a little over two years now. Just had mm-hmm. our sweet bio birthday nice Um, nice yeah that's exciting uh and then we had a really awesome story when we first incorporated so within the first month we applied to a conference um, which was southeastern medical device association conference gotcha and they had all these questions and we're just like we don't have answers to all these questions and then we also applied to two different accelerators sure incubator programs right one being the largest one in the entire world which is out in silicon valley oh wow okay one here in memphis uh, which was more medical based Mm -hmm. and the top 15 accelerator in the country not even in medical just overall gotcha and we got into both programs like the application made us grow up pretty quickly because we answered questions that we didn't know we had to answer i guess so quickly um, so we were able to form the company, apply to the accelerators, and then those ex- we had those two choices, and we just needed to decide what do we need for our company at this moment. Mm-hmm. And the one in Silicon Valley is great at building companies and businesses and like business plans, but right. they didn't have the medical expertise that we felt we needed to help with our product, gotcha. to do the research, of that course. kind of thing. So, and looking at Memphis, it was just like, you have all these companies here, you have the experts, and this is a medical program. Mm-hmm. So it was a no-brainer Absolutely. to come out here. So that's where the story started. It was just an idea, uh, a, a clinical need first. Right, of course. And then it was a developed product. Let's take it out of the lab and do something. Mm-hmm. Vet it through people, um, people we, you trust. Right. And then form a team, incorporate, apply, and mm-hmm. follow the traction. And that's what we've been doing since then is just we got into the accelerators. Okay, we, now we picked one. Now let's raise money. Is it, you know can we raise money afterwards? And now we're raising another round. So it's just following the traction and you know working hard, keeping your head down, but then also seeing the bigger picture of what you're trying to do. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing that. Now, if you would, because a lot of times when people hear about Memphis, right, they they think logistics, right? Because that's kind of like been our bread and butter butter for mm-hmm. a very long time. But there's a growing tech community here in Memphis. Can you speak about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised when I came here. <laughs> Got um, you. But to be honest, what sold me on Memphis was my professor just saying the Medtronic, Smith & Nephew, mm. right? St. Jude, UT, University of Memphis, like Rhodes, CBU. It was like, there's so many institutions here that mm. it's like a hidden gem that nobody really knows about. They just gotcha. see the news and they say like, oh, Memphis, eh, I don't want to move there. Right, you know? of course, that right. Thing. And of course, mm-hmm. that's that was my first mentality too, is just like, what's going on here? Absolutely. But when I moved here, I saw 
all the initiatives that are going on like people that are here really care about the city right and they're bringing the tech like we're attracting talent from the west coast from i hear the that east coast so in the tech side it's really cool to see all these startups even you know we're in starco right now doing this interview absolutely and right behind us is a code crew with mecca right you got pretexts over here that's doing really cool um, technologies for trucks to prevent breakdowns oh wow um non-profit over here with volunteer odyssey right um with uh, Jessica over here in front door, like kind of real estate you know, technologies and apps and, and websites. So it's just really cool to see the city rally around people trying to bring up the city also. So I think tech is a big push and healthcare and medical okay. in Memphis is, is a big push. And that's where we see, because we're in the medical field, we see of more course. of that. Um, but Kayla, my co-founder, she started a company in California mm-hmm. called Kickfly. So it's like a video competition right. app. Right. Um, and in California, it's just so hard to, to, to get it up and going and everything. And you don't, you don't really have the support because it's a doggy-dog world. Right. You're Absolutely. Like, you compete with everyone. But here, I feel like if you have an idea, especially in the tech space or in any startup realm, mm-hmm. people are here to help you and support you. And at least you can get pretty far and see where you can get with it. So that's... That's the exciting part is that you go across the country and you don't see a city that tries as hard to invest in its people than gotcha. I see in Memphis. Okay, cool. I appreciate that, man. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, as, as you engage in entrepreneurship and in, in the business of Sweet Bio, I reckon you deal with vendors and third-party contractors or something like that. Can you explain that process of how you do that? Sure, yeah. So, you know, we're a startup. We have to keep lean. Right, of course. We can't buy a facility and say, this is our manufacturing facility. Right. You get an investment, and the investment's for what you say it is. So we have a lot of contractors. Uh, Our manufacturer is out in Texas. Okay. So we have a contract manufacturer. We have a legal team. You know, we have a regulatory team. So I think starting a company, you just need to realize you don't have all the answers, and that's okay. Right. You go into it. If you're a coachable team, a coachable founder, then that's what's most important. And you are going to spend money on contractors and vendors, and that's just the nature of, right. of a startup. But it's the right people that you want to work with you. Like, if they're going to bill you for every email, then they're not the right person for you. <laughs> right. Like, they're in it for the money, not for your success. So Got you. it took us some time to find the right partners to make sure that, are you going to work with us as a startup? Yes. That's number one. But number two, can you grow? Absolutely. With us. Absolutely. And if they can't grow with us, then it's... You know, maybe that's all we need is somebody for this project. Gotcha. Not a problem. Okay. Um, like our manufacturer, if they can only do prototyping and make a thousand products, well, what if we need to make ten thousand? Can gotcha. Do that? So that's how we decided to choose our vendors, um, and to you know, the, the scalability of the company and looking in the future rather than our need today. Okay. Is that regulatory piece of the team that you were talking about? Mm-hmm. Is that more so because you are in the medical? Part of yes. it? Yes. Okay. Yes. So for the regulatory side, I can't think of any other like startup outside of medical no, health No, of course. Of course. Um, but we work with two regulatory people. So one okay. is to work with the FDA. So when okay. I say regulatory, I mean like FDA. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And then one of them is a dentist who also was working with the FDA. Very smart. Um, so we have, <laughs> right. a, we have a dental product. Right. And we Absolutely. Need to make Absolutely. Sure right. We have the expertise on, on the team. So we have no shame in just saying like... We don't know about this. Exactly. But when we hire the experts and the consultants, you then become almost an expert in the field. Right. Because as a startup, you wear all the hats. You're not right. just the operations or the marketing or the science. Like, I am doing uh, intellectual property and patents mm-hmm. and some regulatory. And so it's just like, it's really cool because as a startup, you get to see 
all aspects of the company. But when you're with a larger company, you're usually in a department. Right, something. that's true. Um, so I feel like you get so much exposure, and then you can use those skills in a startup to take it to a larger company, or vice versa. Like my sister Kayla, she mm-hmm. worked at Corporation, Target Corporation in Minnesota for six years. Okay. And took different roles in HR and marketing Absolutely. and inventory management. And right. now she's using those corporate skills in the startup. And I imagine so that's been proven very it valuable. It has been right. immensely valuable. <laughs> right. And I think either way you go, you're you're learning and you're going to take the skills that you have, learn from that point to your next position. What do you wish you would have known before you started Sweet Bio? Oh, man. <laughs> I wish I would have known. I swear everybody who I ask that question yeah. to starts with that, ooh. <laughs> <or>, ooh. <laughs> I mean, as silly as it sounds, like, legal, not in a bad way. Of course. Legal in a good way. Like, you're going to spend more money on attorneys because there's non-disclosure agreements, confidentiality agreements. Um, If you're raising money, there's a lot lot of contracts that go back and forth. So, you know, I didn't know that there's that much that goes into the legal side in the corporation. Uh, I feel like in every startup, if you need to raise money, it's going to take twice as much as you think. Right. And take twice as long (laughs) like okay we'll be here in a year well things come up right Um, so just baking that in there Um, but i think just as a startup it's just been really enlightening to me just to learn on the fly but Mm. also have like a team and the mentors that i can learn with i hear that um so as long as you're open to learning and not not taking like every day every day is a roller coaster so (laughs) you know like yeah right i was happy with my university job you know like i loved it it was it was pretty straightforward and but then there's so many things that can that can go wrong that can go great Mm -hmm. and in an hour you just have the biggest roller coaster of your life and (laughs) So I guess I wish I would have known how crazy it was. Right. But just having the open mind coming in is uh, is all you, is really all you need. And you you roll with the punches and you roll with the advantages and the excitement and gotcha. You know you can't let anything get you down or you know too high. Right. <laughs> of so course. It's just like you know keeping your head down and you're you're just you're, you're rolling. What have you learned from your worst boss or mentor you ever had? I mean, I, you know, in anything in life. If you hate what you do or mm-hmm. you hate how something happens, you right. learn what not to do. Absolutely. And how not to treat people. Yeah, I hear that. Um, <laughs> and you don't have so, the name names you don't want yeah, to, by the way. Yeah, I mean, this, I haven't really had that many jobs. Okay. Um, but I've had some mentors that, I mean, one, I think they were out of their expertise. So oh, wow, give, okay. Like, giving advice that you really don't know about. And as okay. a younger person and somebody older talking to you, you just assume that what they're saying is true. Right. And even in the academic setting, there's there's academic advisors at institutions that are forced on you. Here, I'm an academic advisor for this biology field, mm-hmm. and I have 20 students, for right. example. I've had friends that have advisors that said, you're good to go, you'll graduate, no problem. But then, oh, I forgot, you had to take this course. I'm so sorry I didn't tell you. And it's just like, you're my advisor. (laughs) So now I have to stay an extra semester. Right. So I just think that, you know, taking advice with a grain of salt and just always analyzing it yourself. Internalizing it and just validating it. Like, people are going to come at you with so many different things. And we talk with so many advisors and mentors. I imagine so. Everyone has an opinion. Right. And it may be 100% spot on, Mm -hmm. or it may just be like, that one in a million opinion that you get is just like, well, not everyone feels this way. Gotcha. So I think just what I've learned is to not take what everyone says to like, one, to heart, but two, that it's the truth in the Bible. <laughs> so, gotcha. Yeah, just, just making sure that we vet what we hear and we run it by several people and just say, okay, you know, 
it's not just one person's advice. It's just mm-hmm. I'm making sure that I run these decisions or but this this question by a lot of people. Gotcha. I hear that. That 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 scenario of the academic advisor mm-hmm. college. I think a lot of people can relate to. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I was fortunate to have a really good one. <laughs> right. Um, a lot but. of people can relate to that scenario. <laughs> so fair enough. Now I know uh, Sweet Bio is a little bit different. It's probably more business to business. Uh, transactions, if you would. So, but how do you get the word out about Sweet Bio? Word of mouth, social media, advertising. How does that work for Sweet Bio? Yeah, so we've been doing that organically okay. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the my, for the medical startup, so we're a dental company making like a bio, biodegradable sure. product that goes in your mouth using honey to help your gums heal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to go through the effort. Gotcha. So the marketing we can do right now is very limited of on our product. Um, but either way, we're going to conferences, like mm-hmm. dental conferences. So whatever, if you have a tech conference, go to that. Um, we have done customer discovery, meaning calling surgeons one-on-one, going to their office, meeting with them, having them over at our office. And okay. we've interviewed over 150, 200 surgeons, like one-on-one. Wow. Uh, and talked to thousands more just at these conferences in passing. So that's the best thing that we can possibly do. It's always been like word of mouth. And we've gotten to the point where some surgeons are emailing us. Oh, wait. And call, randomly calling us <laughs> and say like, hey, I found your website. It's a website. Yes, key. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I found your website and I really like what you're doing. Like, I like your story. I want to be involved. Like, can I do a trial? Can I join your team? Like, gotcha. what's going on? So, you know, you're building up not only a product, but a company. Absolutely. And the story is just important as your product. So people can get on board with the story and like, be part of a bigger picture, mm-hmm. and that's the best thing that can happen. And that's what we've done in Memphis, I think, is just bring people into SweetBio. Like, everyone is part of SweetBio. Just because gotcha. you don't get paid by SweetBio to gotcha. do something, like, you know, you're part of our success. You make, everyone in the world has a dentist, or everyone, you know, like, has right. a dentist, so talk to your dentist about us. Gotcha. You know, so okay. Grassroots like that. I hear that. I've been very helpful. We have maybe, like, 600 likes on Facebook. Nice. Over the past, you know, two years, so it's gotcha. been getting there. Right. Um, and we still are active on social media. Mm-hmm. That's social media and websites that's that's all that's all the buzz these days like that's what you need right because people are gonna be like okay well i'll look at your website i'll let you know gotcha um, so okay. if you're gonna invest in anything in an early stage invest in a really good website i hear that because i hear that that's all people are gonna see if they don't know you or you talk with them and say okay i'll follow up and look, and look at your website what'd you learn from your biggest failure i mean i learned it's, it's not the end of the world i can't think of like i've had many like little ones throughout you know okay like, that's fine yeah, yeah like, like many little ones throughout where you, you just think like i'm not gonna make this deadline or right. i'm not gonna graduate or is my company gonna do what it's gonna do and that's, <laughs> right. that's the nature of the beast um but i've just learned that you know a failure even in entrepreneurship mm-hmm. uh investors even invest in teams that have founders and prefer to have founders that have failed i hear that and I they're that. just like well if you're all new then you're learning on my money. Basically. Gotcha. Right. So that makes sense. The failure makes you value. I hear that. Uh, and I think that was really eye-opening to me. It's just like, okay, well, all the things that I thought I was going to do that I didn't do taught me something, and I'm not going to do that again. Right. Um, so right. I think it kind of builds that scar tissue, right? It builds it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it builds it strong. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of weight, you know, that you you hold, and you just can't let yourself get down and think you're less lesser of a person because you know you fail. And I don't see failure as a negative. Okay. You know, it's. It's not like, of course, in the moment, it's not a positive, but gotcha. <laughs> you, know, you look back at it and you're just like, okay, like I'm a better person, I'm a better business person, whatever it is, because of that experience. Now, entrepreneurs, you know, are all about lifelong learning, always mm-hmm. engaged in constant professional development. 
What does that mean to you and what are you learning now? I'm learning a lot more than I ever thought I would just because okay. I was in that traditional academic route. Sure. Um, so for me, I'm not looking at it as sweet bio. I need to learn this for my job gotcha. today. Mm-hmm. So I was talking about my sister Kayla. She intentionally took jobs in HR to be in front of people to develop that skill. Gotcha. And then she worked in inventory management to manage million, billion dollar budget. Sure. Um, so I think being intentional in the experiences you get is not very common, especially if you work in a corporation. Like sure. You're very restrictive, but if an opportunity comes up, you, know, you take it. So for me, it's like learning the financials, how to talk to investors. I hear that. Um, how to push a patent through the, the patent office. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, just being part of a startup, you get all this exposure. So I feel like now I'm more armed for my next job, whatever that is. So if mm-hmm. I do go to a corporation, you're going to be like, well, you have your skills and you have your degree and you have your expertise. Great. But you also have this world, worldly understanding of something else that maybe some other people uh, don't have. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I definitely look at look at it as I'm building myself, my character, uh, my resume, if you want to look at it that way. Gotcha. To okay. make myself valuable for the next thing that I do. Now, this next question, you know, we get all types of answers for it. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we say that uh, in order to be a successful entrepreneur, you got to have go to college, get a degree, mm-hmm. great contacts, do some networking. Some people just say you just need worth ethic and a dream. So, mm-hmm. Isaac, what say you, man? Where do you stand on that? Ooh, um, so I've seen that, yes, in my field, the the medical field, right. having a degree is, is valuable. Of course. Because they're going to say, like, well, why do you know this? Oh, I invented the technology, for right. example. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that we at Sweet like to say is, like, you don't have to be an inventor to be innovative. I hear that. Um, so yes, of course, pushing higher education is what, of course, is what we're all about. But at the same time, like if that's not you, totally understandable. You know, my grandfather went up to seventh grade, I think, and mm-hmm. my grandmother is you know similar, and she's one of the most successful entrepreneurs right. in the Caribbean, right? Uh, without a college education, mm-hmm. so it is drive, it is motivation, and it's the people skills to have people rally around what you're doing. I hear that because if you're in your silo and you're just executing then maybe you have like a great tech app or something and people don't know who you are behind the scenes. Totally fine. Mm-hmm. But then you need somebody else that's going to be the face of the company. Right. Um, so I think as an entrepreneur, you're introverted and extroverted. Like you're introverted <laughs> and you're doing your work and you're right. just like, you need to be alone, just knocking knocking it out. But at the same time, people need to believe in you and why are they going to choose you over someone else? You know? Right. So like I think with you and your podcast, you bring value because people are learning from everyone that you come and why are they going to spend time with you absolutely versus watching sports center for an absolutely hour. that's um, fair so i think <laughs> you know the, the more value you bring the more personal personal aspect you have the more you tell your story i hear that is is about for so it's it's about this the skills more of like the values that you have rather than the degree skills that you have gotcha um, i appreciate that it helps man. of course it helps <laughs> of course especially whatever field you're in you right know, if you're in a tech space well i'm a coder great you know right you get it mm-hmm. but if you have the vision then that's what ceos are Absolutely. They're the visionary for the company, and then you have the chief tech officer, or the chief innovation officer, chief science officer, right? Um, to do that. So, you know, if you have an idea, great, start a company and, and go with it. If you don't have an idea, great, find someone who does. <laughs> gotcha. And that. join that team too. <laughs> I like, hear that. You can be part, as much as a co-founder as anyone else that has an idea. I hear that, man. Um, so, just encouraging every single person to to get out there and just be open to, you know, and then don't feel like well, it's not my company. I didn't come up with the idea. Gotcha. You know, like, 
<laughs> you're building a company from the ground up. That's that's amazing. What's the best and worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? Okay, so uh, the best piece of advice with um, with my dad. Okay. He he said basically if you put on a piece of paper, what are you spending your time doing? Okay. Write it out. Not everything, maybe top three, top four, top five. What are you what are you spending your time doing? And then on a separate piece of paper, what are your priorities in life? Like what are your values? If it's family church, school, work, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then look at them side by side. And are you spending your time fulfilling your priorities? So if you're playing video games, and I'm not being in video games, or if you're hanging out too much socially, or whatever it is, and it doesn't match up, then something's off. Um, Because truly, what you spend your time doing, whether you like it or not, is your priority. I hear that. Because you're spending your time doing it. And if you look at it from afar, you're like, wow, okay. Now I need to spend my time doing something different that matches my priorities. Gotcha. So you can do that every month, year, week, day, mm-hmm. really, and just self-reflect on what you're spending your time doing. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I hear that. Yeah. I mean, and the worst piece of advice, not really advice, but I'd say like a, a scenario that we were in. Okay. Where we sat down, we were in Atlanta at an investor conference, and we sat down, and one of the investors said, before we even said a word. You're too young. You need to bring your advisor next time. Wow. It's like, so it's not advice, but it's <laughs> right. like, it kind of is advice. They're right. just saying, like, right. you need, you're not, you don't look credible. Exactly. There's definitely a teachable moment in that, right? It is. Yeah. It, it just, you know, it fuels, it fuels you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I hear that. Okay. So, you know, we, we could have taken it as a loss and just been right. like, we're done with this meeting, but we convinced them at the end of the day, like, we're legit. I and hear that. This is either if it's the degrees that were legit or if it's mm. you know, this is the company that we built this is the traction that we've gone so far um, so I think the advice there that I learned was just like the worst piece of advice is we don't need to have a higher person next to us like the, the person with gray hair next right. to us like <laughs> you're the one with the drive you're the one that's building this company up right. so believe in yourself and don't let that. somebody else tell you that you need to have someone else next to you I heard that I heard that thanks for sharing man the last question before we go to break what does the average day look like for you be specific as possible as specific as possible oh, you know it's what's the average hour it doesn't even like the <laughs> okay. line gotcha. uh, but I would say you know so we have an office here downtown sure so I spend a lot of my time here but a lot of phone calls okay yeah, okay. a lot of phone calls, more than I expected. Uh, you're on, a, you know, and with either investors or updates or manufacturer and your attorney and, and the customers, it calls it. <laughs> and so you're managing a lot of relationships. Gotcha. Because of that, so it's a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls. But then also, traveling is a lot more than I expected. Oh, okay. I yeah. got you. <laughs> so even if it's in, like, within the city, but we've been across the country across the state mm-hmm. across the, the world right and i and i've been to india and germany for for sweet bio right like never in my mind would i would have thought like the company that i started you know we're now sending us to, to other to these places so our travel schedule has been so crazy that uh, right. we have to line up meetings in memphis so i think we do team meetings every monday mm-hmm. as a team that's our consistent nine to gotcha. eleven that's not going to change. We okay. know there's a team meeting. And we use a program called Trello. That's like a okay. project management tool. Okay. And every single Monday, we go on Trello, and we go and we go through every single card in our priorities. Gotcha. Um, so that's what aligns us. And we like Monday because then you can execute the rest of the week. I hear that. And we intentionally don't set up meetings on Monday because you go through all this, like, mind tactics and brainstorming, <laughs> and you just want to execute the rest of the day. You don't want to have to worry about, okay, now I have a lunch meeting. Now I have this. Now right. I have that. 
So we intentionally said Mondays are team meetings, and then we focus as a team to to get what we need to get done. I heard that. Um, but lunch meetings have been like <laughs> every week. There's like four lunch meetings out of the five out of the five days. So gotcha. that's when you try to find time. Uh, and lunch meetings are so perfect. You know, you, everyone has to eat. Yeah, that's true. It's a perfect business meeting too. But it's also out of the office. You get out of your element a little bit. Mm-hmm. So a normal day to day is phone calls, emails, lunch meeting, driving to. Mm-hmm somewhere else to meet whether it's a dental office or bioworks like downtown and just lots of meetings to make things happen <laughs> right so then you know when you try to put your head down and execute like somebody calls and like do you pick up that call so you have to prioritize you know what, what needs to get done what do i need to do today to make my company move forward tomorrow? That. so prioritizing is, is really big and that's why we do those monthly or those weekly meetings gotcha so we can prioritize for the week all right, cool. So we're going to take a quick break. How do you like being on a startup life? I love it. Man? This is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> cool. it's a nice day out here, so can't complain. <laughs> Good way to spend a Saturday. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. So we're going to take a quick break. You'll listen to the startup life. If you are a teacher looking for great resources, look no further than Owls e-commerce store on Teachers Pay Teachers, the store name Teaching with Owls. Enjoy great lessons based on short stories from great authors such as Kate Choppin's The Story of an Hour and Edgar Allan Poe's The Mask of the Red Death. And no worries, teachers, all lessons are Carmen Core aligned. Let's continue. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. But before we get to the questions, uh, could you just talk about the, the Sweet Bio team a little bit and how it kind of came together. Yeah, we um, we all have different experiences and different skills. Sure. Um, so, I was the science side. Gotcha. Kind of brought the product, but you really need a team to build a business. Of course. Um, so I mentioned earlier, just talking to my sister, she has the business side. So she worked for Target Corporation, got her MBA, and then is just like pure business and now learning the science side. And gotcha. She's fantastic at the science. Um, so I feel like in a startup, if you have too many of the same skills, then mm-hmm. how are you going to grow or how are you going to build that to a bigger company? Of course. Um, and then uh, her husband now right. is uh, Kevin and he's uh, practicing, was a practicing CPA accountant for six years in Minnesota. Okay. And then he went and got his MBA. Gotcha. So he's really our, our chief financial officer and is great with the projections mm-hmm. and the accounting and with the investors and where's the money going and how much are we going to raise and what makes sense based on giving up equity in the company. Right. So, I mean, I think every every startup should have some financial person, whether Absolutely. it's a, a co-founder or just an advisor. Gotcha. Um, so that's our core team. Fair enough. But then outside of that, you know, we have advisors and mentors that fulfill the expertises that we don't have. Like none of us are dentists. Gotcha. We own a dental company, <laughs> right. you know? Right. So, right. And so we have uh, an awesome surgeon, 25 plus years experience in Beverly Hills. Nice. And then moved over here to Memphis to be the director of the periodontology program. Okay. And now is in Boston at the director of the largest period program in the world. Wow. Um, so those advisors, like that's what gives you the credibility. It and, does. And, and builds your team. And none of us have built a startup that exited. Gotcha. You know, like we've never. This is my first startup, um, like that I'm fully emerged. Gotcha. In. And so we have an advisor that has built up a company from nowhere and sold it for over a hundred million dollars. Like, right. We have those advisors, um, and that's that's how we fulfill the rest of the team. Gotcha. And make ourselves look 
I guess more credible on paper than when somebody looks at us. You know, on paper, <laughs> just like, well, you guys don't have any reg. Nobody worked for the FDA. You don't have any regulatory, and you have a medical company. Gotcha. Like, well, we we're, we're consulting, or we have an advisor, or we have just mentors. So right. I think the team was uh, the trust in the beginning. I hear that. Uh, and then you know, I work with my sister. So right. People are like, how does it work? How does it work? Like you guys grew up together and, and everything. Right. So and it's, it's a good dynamic. You know, like gotcha. every sibling rivalry happens when you're younger, but of now course. that we're older, we appreciate each other as professionals, and you know, we, we learn so much from each other, and who more to trust than your family? So I hear that. And you start the co-founders, and you start the company, and your co-founders become your family because you're working every single day. Of course. You know, with them. So the team came together well, and. Teams are going to change. You're going to add people, and that changes yeah. the culture. That's true. It. That's true. So, you know, as long as you have people that have the same vision as you moving in, mm-hmm. and if some people are driven by money, it's not going to work. I hear that. If, you know, and we did this exercise. So, for anyone out there that's like looking starting a team, mm-hmm. uh, and how does a team come together? We did something. It was called Eleven Tough Questions for entrepreneur or for founders. Okay. And it was like, what, what, where do you see the company in three years, or five years, and ten years? So. Let's say I want the company to exit. I want this huge company to buy us out mm-hmm. for $100 million. Well, what I'm going to do day to day is going to drive towards Dude, that goal. Towards that goal, right. But if somebody wants to build the next Johnson & Johnson or Medtronic, well, then they're going to take a different approach. Absolutely. So then there's like that discontinuity with the co-founders. Like, well, why are you doing this? Like, you need to spend your time doing this. Well, no, I'm doing this because so you have different goals. So we, we did that questions and we answered it independently and then we came together as a team and figured out where were we different and how do we meet in the middle so then now moving forward we all have the same goals that we're working towards so mm-hmm. the priorities and what we're doing day to day are to achieve those goals and gotcha. not something else that you have in mind i hear that all right cool man thanks for sharing the story i always wanted to know you know what the team dynamic was and stuff like that so i yeah. appreciate that man mm-hmm. let me ask you this what do you think is a popular misconception about you know starting a business and where do you think that comes from i think the popular misconception is that one is true but it's also it's a risk right? right so i think the biggest misconception is like it's it's a risk you know it's the a risk was what your parents did for you you know, like that, I hear that. that's a risk. I hear that. You know, for for you to to start a company, that's that's excitement. You know? <laughs> I hear that. All right. So cool. I hear uh, that. You know, my sister says it all the time. You know, people they either move to a different city or a different country, and you know they do the best for their kids, and mm-hmm. you know they go somewhere where they don't they don't have money and like right. where they're gonna live, and like that's a life risk. Right. So yes, starting a company is risky because it may fail. But then mm-hmm. how do you define failure? Know, the company may not be around. Okay, are you going to be okay? Like, <laughs> right. So I think the, uh, it is a misconception in that way. I think it's just redefining the word risk. Gotcha. And, and, and what that means. Um, you know, people typically start up companies with their own money it's in true. their house or in their garage. And that's very true. You know, mm-hmm. for for our startup, at least, we can't do that because we're in the medical space. Of course, so of course. You can't self-fund, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> six, seven figures. It's right. not going to happen. Right. Um, but, yeah, I just think it's, you know, it's it's not that, it is a risk, but it's not that much of a risk. I hear you know, that. Just, just, just looking back at what people have done to get you where you are and, mm-hmm. like, what you would do for your family, like, those are risks. Gotcha. I hear that. And you actually speak to something that I have, you know, that I've always thought as far as like immigrants, when they come into Mm -hmm. another country and don't know anybody, stuff like that, like they already have like that entrepreneurial mindset just based on that action alone. And so when they come and build a business, it's almost like, of course I can build a business. Like, you know what I've just been through to get to this point? So it's like, it's 
it's it's it's peanuts, right? right? So yeah. I appreciate you. Yeah, failure is not up. an option. There. Absolutely, I mean, exactly, like, exactly. You're all in. You're jumping in the deep end, right? And I've heard some stories of of people coming over here. I can only like, imagine, man. If you went through that, right? Like starting a company is nothing. Exactly. And like you don't have to go through those life experiences. Of course, of course, of like, course. To to build that character, you know, right. you can you can be born with great. I had great parents. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't have to grow up in in the worst scenario possible. And it's just like it's okay. You know, like mm-hmm. everyone right. has different stories. You, know, right. you don't have to be from the projects or the hood to like to then make it here. And that that makes you more credible. Right. Or, you know, if you have a great family, be thankful for that and then pass Absolutely. that on. Absolutely. Know, through the generation so I think that's what we do as a company too is we we pass along the opportunities that we have so I love I always love saying and uh, sending the elevator back down you know, so mm-hmm. somebody helps that. you I hear that. get to where you are but like you push that button and you go down the elevator and you bring somebody in with you and then you help them get to where you are gotcha um, so I think that's true with entrepreneurs people coming from the, from different countries it's just like on your own is really tough but if you're able to find those people that are willing to uplift you and take you to the next step then save a little bit I have a question for that, that along those lines mm-hmm. so uh, we'll get to that a little bit sure perfect I have this uh, this theory that entrepreneurship that life it affects things outside of business mm-hmm. how has entrepreneurship affected your lifestyle like in general yeah, <laughs> it is a lifestyle <laughs> right right exactly uh, no i think in, in busy is a state of mind so i got gotcha. using the word busy okay but you are more your, your time is stretched okay um so we like we go to these events and panels and boards and mm-hmm. it's like not complaining it is fantastic right but you're spending your time there's no nine to five right you know and that's what i love about memphis like people are so engaged after their jobs mm-hmm. or you know their job is full-time right you know i know people you know sts and jeremy and Alton, right. they're the two hardest working men that i know right <laughs> getting up at five in the morning doing sts and then going to their full-time job and then doing sts in the, in the evenings mm-hmm. like that's that's the an entrepreneur's schedule, right? Um, so I think just that that experience has really opened me up and helped our business as well. Gotcha. So when we go to these events, like yeah, I saw you at this networking event, or I met you at this panel, or you spoke to my middle, my even today <laughs> this morning, right? At this, uh, this we were meeting with uh, executive of a of a company, and he's like, yeah, I I remember you because you spoke at my my kid's middle school honors ceremony right and i thought i talked for like two minutes as like a, you know a keynote <laughs> remark but right the, those little things that you spend your time doing outside of your maybe day-to-day job mm-hmm. really has paid dividends for us so i am intentionally doing more getting involved being out there because and then people start recognizing you and right and it helps your your company and your business so it's all hand in hand and i love doing it. what do you look for in an employee this week by do you have employees just yet or uh just i mean the co-founders are the right. employees gotcha. um, okay. so i'm an employee <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> yeah as well so it's, it's really funny you'll get to see the the payroll come through <laughs> like, okay gotcha yeah so but like if you were to hire like more employees yeah. what would you look for to yeah. tell the story of sweet bio you know i think if they have if they reach out to you number one that means they're they're in it. I hear that. Rather than you sending out some solicitation mm-hmm. and trying to recruit. Like, yes, we will need to do that as well. Right. Um, but when you find someone special like that, they just reach out and they're just like consistent and determined. Okay, that, that shows me how your work ethic. Okay, number two, what's the culture? Is, is it a culture fit? What gotcha. are you driven by? And <laughs> with hiring somebody, you, know, you hire slow mm-hmm. and fire fast. Okay. So okay. you take your time getting the right person in the door. And if it's not the right fit, then you get them out of the door. Gotcha. 
it's not going to be easy, but at the same time, it's for the best uh, of the company. Um, so I think what we look for, what we will be looking for, besides the resume and, mm-hmm. and skills and expertise, is do they believe believe in the vision that SweetBio has? So gotcha. our vision statement is we revolutionize healing because the world deserves to smile. So you know you come into the company and that's what you do every single day. Gotcha. You're, not, you're not motivated by finances. You're not motivated by the exit at the end or you know getting bought out or having a title or something like that you know, gotcha. you're motivated by the end goal of we're helping people heal um, so I think that's what we look for more and date a lot of people <laughs> you know like date them gotcha. don't like marry them <laughs> gotcha like, you know, that's right. exactly what fair enough is. have you ever had to turn down a client like let's say somebody reached out to sweet bio mm-hmm. and they were like all in mm-hmm. and then you, you you dated them I guess mm-hmm. and it's like I don't know. I don't. This, you know. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a story like about that? <clears throat> Definitely. I mean, even when you're you're soliciting you're soliciting for a contract or something, like, hey, I need a manufacturer or right. a legal team, right? Or whoever it is. So like, um, oh, so many examples. I mean, <laughs> you don't have the name names. Yeah, no, there's so many examples of there's a lot of people that provide services, mm-hmm. and they're gonna keep calling and calling. Hey, how about now? How about now? It's just like, you know, right now we're just moving forward with someone else. So it's right. like tough to deliver the news, but that's, that's day-to-day business. Right. Um, so I think even with like our legal department, you had to vet people so much. And like I said, if you're afraid to talk to your lawyer because mm-hmm. they are going to charge you for a five minute phone call, mm-hmm. well then that doesn't open the lines of communication. Absolutely. Um, so if you're, so that's what we've, we've looked for and that's how we decide who do we move forward with? Mm-hmm. Um, but we've had to tell people, yeah, you know, at this, usually you know, let them down nicely, but right, know, at course. this time, this is <laughs> not what we need, but maybe in the future, but you don't want to burn bridges and say like, of course not. you know, you guys are not what we're looking for. Thanks though. Right. <laughs> That's the worst thing you can do. <laughs> gotcha. Um, because what happens if the first person you thought was great down there a year later, uh, something happens, whether it's a culture fit or uh, God forbid, some tornado wipes out their facility. Right. It's just like, you never know. Right. Um, so just keeping all the bridges open and just the networks. And we've had to turn down companies and, and people, and we still have a relationship with them. Gotcha. We still have their numbers. We still talk, and they are very involved in what we do, and they'll still spread the good word about Sweet Bio. So I hear that. I think that's, that's the best thing you can do is it's inevitable you're going to have to turn down companies or people because everyone's going to want to either a piece of what you have or mm-hmm. get that contract for you. Um, but keeping those bridges... Uh, is is the best that you can do because they're going to be megaphones for you also like this team is is really great you know we want to work with them in the future so we're going to keep that relationship gotcha as an entrepreneur do you have an obligation or do entrepreneurs have an obligation to tackle social issues and if so or if not why i think everyone's different but for us speaking personally Mm -hmm. we do okay um we you know we are a for-profit company but we would love to do some sort of tom's model where, yeah, right, right, right. You know, buy, buy five membranes, you know, let's send one to a mission trip to Haiti. Gotcha. You know, we know we, and that's what we're looking into. That's the overall goal of our company is mm-hmm. to, yes, heal people, but also give back to those that may not have an opportunity. Um, so I think, I mean, I would encourage every single entrepreneur to have some sort of social behind it. But gotcha. some people start companies because they're motivated by money. And I, I feel like they may not have that social awareness. Gotcha. Um, but if you're in it because you love what you do, it's 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 second nature. That, I hear that. Okay. That you're gonna want to give back, and so and it doesn't have to be I'm giving back money, right? Or I'm giving my product away, like Tom's, for mm-hmm. example. They do a great job. 
but uh, we were, I was at a panel with the United Way Emerging Leaders mm -hmm. and the owner of Muddy's uh, Cupcakes, she was right. awesome. You know, she was like, well, we do volunteer as part of our paid 40-hour week. So we gotcha. encourage them to go out and be in the community, and we pay them as if they were in the, the store working. I hear that. I um, hear that. So it's like, oh, I get to get paid while volunteering? This is awesome. <laughs> so that's one way you can give back. But also, well, you know, what we do is we're involved with boards and mm -hmm. events, and you give back your time, and you mentor. Um, so I think that's a social aspect. That, I hear that. That can be... You know, the social can come in so many different faces, but I think sure. um, that's what every entrepreneur should really look towards is mm -hmm. helping everyone else out. Who are your mentors? Who are my mentors? Uh, you know, you have examples growing up. I think family is always number one. Like, of course. We, we had a, a really close family. I was very fortunate to see, you know, my grandfather, who is the biggest family man that I know, you know like the proudest man on earth. Mm -hmm. And I think as a, f he's my mentor just by growing up with him and seeing that's what I want to be when I grow as far as a family man goes gotcha um, you know my dad has his engineering degree mm -hmm. uh, my mom she worked really hard uh, with when we were growing up with uh, child care providing and then working at a restaurant okay and then they they both taught me how to work hard and come back from school do your homework as soon as it's done <laughs> uh, and then hey by the way I have to work this second job can you take over watching the kids gotcha sure you know so it teaches you responsibility and then once you're done watching the kids come join me at the restaurant and bust tables I hear that <laughs> you know so it's just the, I think those are the the life mentors that sure. you have and then as far as business or maybe subject expertise it was my professor mm -hmm. that was really great I mean he's an expert in his field gotcha and I've been learning I had a call with him yesterday just brainstorming and he has no obligation to pick up the phone and say like hey I'm in the office right now but I, you know, I'll take 30 minutes to talk to you gotcha but those are the people that you know you, you need different mentors in life so I, I hear that there's family side business um, kind of balance or whatever, whatever it is there's, there's no such thing as I think a defined category for a mentor and have three four or five of them and you don't need to manage that relationship monthly or make sure it's, there's a contract it's just uh, it happens organically and you're going to find those people that you just feel naturally drawn to um, and then his last one is in high school we had a teacher in high school it was always like that one maybe guidance counselor or a teacher that right. just <laughs> sets you on a different path right. that you would never thought it was like a statistics teacher Dr. Brown you know, he was, I was like he's a doctor okay what kind of doctor and just got interested <laughs> so he just um, you know he, he cared he he really he wrote a letter of recommendation for me and I'm just like okay these are people that care about what I do and you know, he's like I think you'd be really good at this and just providing that advice gotcha. so I had different mentors and stages of my life and I think like my sister now she's six months pregnant so she's gonna nice. be a new, new mom I'll be a new gotcha. uncle oh nice yeah so All I'm right. really excited first one <laughs> right um, but now she's looking at different mentors of that course. have you know that have families and women mm -hmm. that have kids absolutely and, so I think there's never, you know, your mentor pool is never full. You're right. looking for I hear that. People. Your mentor pool is never full. I'm still in that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm still always looking for advisors. All right. Uh, where do you see Sweet Buy in the next five years? Next five years. So we're building a wound healing company. We're starting in dentistry. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a lot of products lined up, ready to go through the FDA. We just need to get, need to get through the FDA. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our goal is to build company that can produce products to help people heal in the skin and bone and dental um, but of course as any startup if you know we're in the medical space we're looking towards being attractive for a larger company I hear that. so if the opportunity comes up in the next five years 
where a larger company says, hey, we like what you're doing, and we don't, we have a need for what you're doing in our company, mm -hmm. we'll offer to buy out your company. Gotcha. Then we will absolutely entertain that Absolutely. Like, no, I got you. So it's tough because you may give up your baby, but at the same yeah, time... Yeah, I, like, I was going to ask about that. Yeah. How, would that how would you feel about that? I, I would feel okay. I okay. think I'd, you know, what's next? You know, so... Yeah, fair you, enough, yeah, fair so enough. Let's, fair let's enough. do it again. Right. You know? <laughs> Maybe not in the FDAs, like this is a right, big headache, right. but... <laughs> But right. I think, yeah, and, and that's the vision that 11 tough questions we were talking about earlier. Is right. What's in the next five years? Of course. And if somebody says, no, I, I want 100 products and to be global and to have a billion dollars in sales. Well, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> you're not <laughs> right. you're a team member if this is what we want to do. Now, if we right. do want to build a big company, great, let's do that. So right. it's, it's really a, a, a fine line with uh, at least medical startups and other companies that could get bought out. So tech mm. companies, for sure. Of course. That can get bought out, mm. um, like the Ubers or right. the YouTubes and mm -hmm. merger, mergers. So if you go out there and say, I'm going to build this company to get bought out. Gotcha. You know, you, you have a very short end goal. I, I'd imagine so. Yeah. I'd imagine so. So that's yeah. that's not good. You know, right. You're building a company to, to beat out the person that's going to buy you out. And they just see you so attractive that they're like, I need what you have. Exactly. I will buy you out. Right. Um, so that's our vision is just big vision. Mm -hmm. And if the opportunity comes along, we are working every day to be as attractive as possible for that opportunity. I believe, uh, Isaac, that all entrepreneurs have that one superpower. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's yours? Oh, man. My superpower. Yeah, man. No cape, but that's superpower. <laughs> oh, let's see. I feel like, man, I just I feel like I don't give up. I'm always working in a good way. Okay. Not unhealthy. Gotcha. So, yeah, like, maybe I'll just, I'll go home and I'm just incentivized to just keep the business going. So I think my superpower is putting my head down, getting done what I need to get done, but also having a larger vision of what can the company be. I hear that. Uh, for example, I think being a people person, people see me around the city a lot, mm -hmm. and I'm intentionally doing that. Right. And I guess drawing people into what we do, being on boards and being on in, involved in organizations, Right. I think I do that more than... A lot of people that mm, I know, absolutely. Not in, people are always involved in Memphis, but maybe <laughs> right. not, like back at home, for example. Right. Um, so I think people would see me from the outside in, like the superpower being so involved and being everywhere in the face of maybe what Memphis could be or the entrepreneurial side. I hear, that. Side. I hear uh, that. And I see it as I'm just doing what I love. Um, so yeah, superpower is just get involved as much as like as much as I can, and being involved with so many things. Gotcha. People are like, "Why are you doing so much?" <laughs> and you know, it does. It you do have to learn how to say no. Of course, you know, of times. course, absolutely. Um, so recognizing when you need to say no, but yeah, I would say just really almost cloning myself to be in a bunch of different places. <laughs> right. If I had to pick like a supernatural power, then it'd be like cloning myself. Gotcha. And, and that's what people I think see about me is just that I'm invested and I'm. Whatever I do, I do 100%. I hear that. I'm involved in so many different things, and I'm going to make sure that I stay involved and add value. I hear that. Just be another body. Let me ask you this, man. Like I said, we're in Memphis, and people are thinking about, you know, starting a business. But they're maybe thinking about starting it somewhere else. Make the case why mm -hmm. they should start a business right here in Memphis. Hey, so I think it was last year. It was this... It was ranked number seven in the country to start a business. I hear that. Official statistics. Right. Cost of living, mm -hmm. the most affordable cities in the country. So your salary goes a long way. Right. There. So we were going to be in San Francisco, and if we raised a million dollars there, how far is that going to get us compared to a million dollars here? <laughs> right. Um, but more importantly, we moved here because the Southern hospitality is so true. 
and I mean that not because we have got invited to random people's Thanksgivings. Like, that's awesome. Gotcha. <laughs> but more importantly, you can get quick access to executives. You know, you have these huge AutoZone, FedEx. Mm-hmm. You can send an email to the chief executive and they will have lunch with you, for example. Gotcha. So I think the kind of the mentor pool or just the ability to reach out and you're so close to so many high-profile people I hear that, that it's, it's so easy to get connections. You're one degree away from knowing whoever you want to know in Memphis. Fair and enough. And I feel like people are trying hard to have success stories mm-hmm. come out of Memphis. So you don't have to try as hard to put yourself out there and be like so active. Uh, you know, we've been mentioned in over 60, 70 media posts. Absolutely. We have never intentionally reached out and said, please do a story on us. Right. So I think that's what Memphis has going for it, is mm-hmm. they want to highlight the awesome things that are going on Absolutely. Here. Absolutely. And, you know, I use this analogy when we were in California or here, we can be a big fish in a little pond mm-hmm. for so in Memphis because it's such a small community nobody knows about it that's why it's a little pond right because the perception of Memphis of course of and course then, or you can be a little fish in a big pond right in San Francisco where everyone knows San Francisco or Silicon Valley right um, so it's that's that's why we came here is because the people are all about pushing you forward and helping you succeed and telling your story and getting you that national attention so it's mm-hmm. it's so much support here that and the resources with Epicenter is, is fairly new, maybe a, a year and a half, right. two years. Mm-hmm. And you can start up your company in a day. You, know, you go to Epicenter and they have a grant. And right. you can go there and uh, they'll just, they'll, in a day, you can start a company. Right. <laughs> you can, you know, I'm on the mayor's council. I'm just like, what? I'm not even from Memphis. Right. And the mayor wants to hear what I have to say. Right. That's awesome. Uh, so That's pretty dope, man. It's, yeah. So I think, and he wants to hear what everyone has to say. That, right, that's course. the cool right. part. Right. Like, that's the really cool part. Is you, you just, you're so involved in, the, the community is involving you. Right. So much that you're making Memphis home. And mm-hmm. I've only been here f- three and a half years, four years, but I consider myself a Memphian because... You absolutely are, man. It's, it's just been such an opening, you know, arms open environment that your options to f- fail are not right. really an option. I mean, right. <laughs> there's so many things here that, that can help you succeed and that I, you don't find that in every city. I've lived in tons of different cities, right. uh, either all throughout Virginia, and it's just like, you don't get that access and you don't get that support um, right. as much as you do here. Of course, you find those people that, that support you, but here it's just been so amazing. Right. Uh, take that shot. There's money here to invest in companies. Um, the, the most random people that you would never know are mm-hmm. here in Memphis or very close in Tennessee. Uh, so I think Tennessee as a whole is starting to become this entrepreneurship hub Right. That the country is paying attention to. Right. Well, the thing is about this city, man, you know, is like if you're willing to put, you know, whether it be like Grizzlies down the way, like if you're willing to put the city's name on your chest or you're willing mm-hmm. to like, you know, to advocate for the city, we'll rally behind you. Right. All day. Right. All day. Yeah, you, I mean, you own it. You move it forward. Everyone's exactly. like, yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's like, what I'm talking about. Like, you know, absolutely. So, no, I, I understand what you're talking about, man. This is the point of the show, man. If you want to like put out websites, social media credentials, the floor is yours to kind of let the people know a little bit more about Sweet Bio. Sure. Uh, so, SweetBio.com mm-hmm. is our website. All right. Invest in that website. You know, <laughs> come check it out. We gotcha. have our Twitter is uh, at SweetBioCo. Okay. And we have a Facebook page as well where we push content. Sometimes we go live, you know, just, okay. just for fun. All right. Um, but we are very open. So, my email is my first name, Isaac, I S A A C, mm-hmm. at SweetBio.com. And everyone's first name is SweetBio.com. But gotcha. we're very open. We love talking to people that you know would like to introduce us to anyone or just are excited or had an implant and they're just like 
I, I have this pain point. I'm a patient. I can see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but we're, we're a very open team, so we would love to talk to anyone and see how we can help. Or if you're interested in helping us, please, you know, reach out. Gotcha. But, yeah, let's, I mean, let's keep in touch and, and have everyone in Memphis rally around what everyone's trying to do and support each other. So we're here as a resource for any entrepreneur that, that needs. I hear that. You know, our network is your network and whatever we can do to help mm -hmm. anyone out there, we are here. So don't, don't hesitate to reach out. And that, I think, is very true for the entrepreneurship community as a whole. Gotcha. Um, so we'd love to hear from anyone. And even if it's just one of those lunch meetings, let's <laughs> set it up and do that. You <laughs> gotcha. <know? laughs> Fair enough. And Startup Nation, you will see in the show notes uh, those links for easy access where you just click and just access uh, Thank you. those uh, social media credentials and websites. So last one, man. Any parting advice for an entrepreneur, man? Parting advice? Yeah. Um, so really good friend of mine, his name is Ernie G. Okay. He's a comedian out in L.A. And uh, he does empowerment comedy. Okay. And this story that he told on stage resonates with me just to this day. So a story of Michael Jordan okay. where after he retired from the Bulls, he went to play for the Wizards. Mm -hmm. And there was a game that he played where he was diving out of bounds to save a ball. Mm -hmm. One possession. Right. Doesn't define <laughs> his entire career. And an interviewer, a reporter afterwards said, hey, Michael, you are... NBA champion, MVP, rock star legend. Right. Like, you have nothing to prove. <laughs> right. Why are you diving <laughs> to save a ball? <laughs> right. Know? And at that point, he's like, what, late 30s, early yes. 40s, something like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what he said was just so amazing. Is there's this kid up in the nosebleed section that has been saving his quarters or pennies in the piggy bank because he wanted to go watch Michael Jordan play basketball. I hear that. And... He doesn't want that kid to go home saying Michael Jordan slacked off when I, I saw that. him play. I so that. I think just that message of giving it your all every single day, no matter who's watching, right. like, that's your reputation, that's you, and that's how I live my life. Like Whatever you do, you put 100% into it, and that's why he's a legend. And Absolutely. So you, know, you don't have anything to prove, but you live your life 100% every single day. So I, I love that story, and I feel like that can be applied to everything. Absolutely. It absolutely can. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, man. So that's going to conclude this episode of Startup Life. Did Great. you enjoy it? I love it. Thank you so much, Dominic. <laughs> I'm glad we were able to get together, and you know, we'll see you around for sure at all these entrepreneurial events. And <laughs> Sounds good. Cruise Center, and <laughs> look, looking forward to keeping in touch. Sounds good, Let man. me know what we can do. Absolutely. Likewise. Okay. Likewise, Appreciate man. it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Here's my final take. When it comes to Isaac, he is what you call a disruptor. I mean, think about it. Who would have ever thought to put honey in a tooth for healing purposes? But at Sweet Bio, they did exactly that. That's why they're going to be disruptors for a long time, and we're super glad to have them call Memphis home. If you want to let us know what you think about the show or like to advertise on our show, send us an email to the address in the show notes. Subscribe to The Startup Life as it can now be heard on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Also, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Owls LLC. And hey, if you have an idea... Be about that life, the startup life.